Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and I've built a set of mathematical models named Sideline to predict various sports outcomes. You hear more about the baseball model during the course of this episode, set to cover five Major League Baseball games scheduled to be played on Friday, June 16th, 2023. Get you near, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com new for some explanations and community rules. Remember, if you're interested in projections and picks on every single game, sign up on Dub Club. That link's in the show description. Cost under $1 per day. Gives you access to our Discord chat, all the extra picks, all the projections, the A grades, the numbers needed for an A grade, all sorts of cheat sheets. And again, in that Discord chat, access to other sports bettors who are betting all sorts of other things. Uh, college baseball, you know, still kind of winding down, but uh, all sorts of prop bets as well. We have a lot of fun over that Discord. Uh, again, it'll be worth your while, though. That link's in the show description to sign up on Dub Club. Remember that sports are unpredictable, so the discussion on this show projects a typical game but does not try to forecast it to a T as it'd be a foolish and impossible goal. Take a long-term viewer here and don't get distracted just with the ups and downs of baseball. We've seen a ton of extra inning games lately. We've seen a ton of games just with a bunch of runs and a bunch of crazy things happen. Um, you know, it balances on the long run. It's just hard to foresee before it happens. And again, as you know, I've talked about and, and, and I hope to maybe do a better job clearly communicating this going forward, uh, I'm not suggesting what side to play. I'm suggesting what sides to play at certain numbers. The number matters and is extremely important. There are only a few random and rare cases where that may not be true, but it's almost always true. And so what we're trying to do is identify where the price is going to be a long-term profitable price. I don't know what's going to happen in one game when they play it. I do know that in the totality of games, though, we have a profitable method. It's that idea we're always talking about that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd love to say we can be profitable every single day, unfortunately, that's an impossible reality for any gambler and uh, Thursday's games really haven't gotten underway too much yet. I uh, don't know too much how that's gone, but we saw it in action on Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday was, uh, you know, Monday was a little bit down. Tuesday was fantastically up. Wednesday was back down a little bit and, and we're hitting a little bit of a roller coaster that we kind of seem to have all last year, but even the last year roller coaster was still long term up. It was kind of, you know, one week we'd have four good days and two bad days. And uh, one kind of break even day. And that got us up that week. And the next week, it was kind of three good days and three bad days in one even day. So we kind of held even. It was just all ups and downs. That's kind of what we've seen a little bit as of late. Early in the season didn't go that way. This so, so far, it's been a little bit more roller coaster here lately. But overall, we're still profitable, still just slowly chipping away, not getting too high with the ups, not getting too low with the downs. And we've got another full set of baseball here on Friday with a bunch of good games to talk about and nine picks in the 10 games but before we get to it some reminders please hit that like button if you're on youtube also if you aren't yet please consider subscribing or following it's free and if you turn on notifications you'll miss any of the college basketball mlb or college football content that this channel provides the way i scale my picks a grade money man plays will return four units it is the risk plus one equal four you'll see that on the screen as we talk about these games b grade picks will return three units c grade pick turn two units Totals are flat bet, but with the scaling and with the picks, as always, take what you like and leave the rest. I'm going to start off with uh, one of the marquee matchups again now here. Yankees at the Red Sox, a return series from what we just saw here this last weekend. 
Fenway plays obviously a much more hitter friendly, one of the more hitter friendly ballparks in the country. It boosts the projected runs in this game by 16%, but we're going to have some slightly hitter friendly weather that boosts the runs, expecting towards another 7%. Not really because the temperature, it'll be slightly chillier than normal in Boston, but not by much. Around 70 degrees to start, low 60s to close. It's fairly standard for a baseball game. They're the biggest thing, the wind blowing out at almost 10 miles an hour to start off with. Uh, even as it dies down throughout the night, it'll still stay above 5 miles an hour for the end. So that wind blowing out is going to help a hitter park turn even more hitter friendly. And we do have some rain in the forecast for the early part of the game. Now, again, I'm recording this more than 24 hours for the start of this game. So uh, you're really hard to say exactly what will happen otherwise. But this is our best guess as of now. Uh, something to keep an eye on there. With regards to the two teams, obviously, you know, the, the Yankees offense, uh, you know, still without Aaron Judge is well below average. He's extremely important and vital to their offense. The Red Sox offense has been above average. Uh, their relievers have taken a little bit of a hit over the last month or so and been a little bit more of a down spot for this team, whereas the Yankees relievers have been awesome. Domingo Harmon versus Tanner Houck. Uh, I believe we had this exact matchup last week. I feel like we did. Maybe we didn't. Um, but Harmon, 349 ERA, underlying metrics suggest it should be almost a full run higher than that. A decent pitcher, just I don't think he's great. I think the Red Sox at home and a hitter from the ballpark are going to score plenty of runs off of him. Tanner Houck, 520. 23 ERA, but the underlying metrics suggest it should be more in the upper threes. I th actually think Houck's the better pitcher here, and I think that's why we're getting great value on the Red Sox, who, according to the model, have a 56% chance of winning, which equates to a price of minus 126. We're going to go ahead and play the Red Sox at minus 109. It's an A grade. Anything minus 114 or better gets that designation from the model. Personally, I'd play this all the way down to about minus 125. I think there's a lot of value here on the Red Sox. I don't think there's a rush to do it because there's typically not a lot of money fading the Yankees in the market ever. So I don't think you're in a, in a, in a rush to necessarily. Uh, but I do think whether it's now or closer to the first pitch, the Red Sox are going to have tremendous value. A grade pick here. And... I'm going to play the over nine and a half. It's plus 105 odds. So if you're, uh, this is at, at Bet Online. Again, if you don't have a, uh, an account at Bet Online, it's great to have that offshore in your account. Early numbers on baseball lines, dime lines. It can oftentimes be the best price, uh, even shopping around three or four different books. So check that out if you haven't yet. That sign up link to Bet Online is in my show description as well. Uh, but you might be looking at nine, depending on the timing of this or where you're shopping around. You have to lay a little bit of a juice over nine. With juice over nine and a half around even money here like this or plus odds is fantastic. I'd still play this over 10 personally. The model projects 11.1 runs and it projects so many runs partially because of the fact that we've got a very hitter friendly ballpark. We've got that wind blowing out, but we've got a potentially suspect Red Sox bullpen and a only average Yankee starter against a pretty decent now Red Sox offense that's finally starting to get a little bit healthy that gets a little bit of a boost versus right-handed hitting. I think there's a lot of runs in this game in this park. I think it's going to play really small. It normally plays really small. I think it's going to play small on Friday just like normal. And even if the rain delays the start of this game, I still like the over. If you do want to take it a little bit closer to game time and wait, you might be a little. I, I like the over a little bit less as it gets closer, uh, simply because it's going to cool the temperature off a little bit. Die, the wind's going to die down a little bit. But there's a delay. The over I like a little bit less. If it gets going right on time, I like the over a ton. Either way, I think it's a smart pick. It just kind of changes. Do I like it or love it? But either way, I'm on the over, uh, especially if you get that nine laying a little bit of a juice, that push protection in case it only gets to nine. But like I said, I think we can get to 10 or more runs. So that's my threshold for playing it. And again, I think there's tremendous value here backing the Red Sox. 
7.20 p.m. Eastern, Rockies at the Braves. We've got a fairly neutral park there in Atlanta, but we always talk about this park can play very pitcher-friendly in the colder months at the fringe of the season and a very hitter-friendly ballpark in the hot summer months. We're going to have a fairly warm night here in Atlanta. Going to start off in the mid-80s. Now, it will close in the mid-70s. Wind will be blowing out as well. Not quite as strong as up in Boston, but definitely enough to add an extra extra few runs. According to my model here, the weather bumps this up about 7% on the run, so we are increasing the number of runs that we expect based off of the warmer weather and the wind blowing out, but we already expected a lot of runs on this one, just based off the two starting pitchers. The Nelson Lamette in his 21 and two-thirds innings has a 10.38 ERA, and I'm always preaching that ERA is not really something that you necessarily want to look at. He's not that bad, but it just kind of goes to show how many runs he's given given up this year and the picture can't be that much rosier right you're never going to have a 1038 era in over 20 innings be like oh but he's probably going to win the cy young right that doesn't tend to happen the underlying metric still suggests zra this year and a perfect neutral park right and of course that's the part of the extra runs is playing in course field uh, for some of his games but suggests zra should be in the low fives i mean he's not a good pitcher we've talked about it's unfortunate with all the injuries hopefully he can find it again because he was a joy to watch when he was younger and healthier but at this point he's just kind of going out there every fifth day and being a body for him he's not a very good starting pitcher and jared schuster's not doing that much better i mentioned last time i thought maybe uh he had turned a little bit of a corner Last starter two makes that a little bit questionable. He's a young guy. I'm sure he's got a bright future, but so far the 505 ERA that he has is actually uh, better, much better than the underlying metrics suggest it should be. Neither one of these starting pitchers is very good. Now I do think Schuster could have more success. Why? He's pitching at home. Home pitchers typically do better anyway. He's also facing a Rockies offense that away from Coors Field isn't usually as scary, whereas this Braves offense is one of the best ones in baseball. So obviously when you have two bad pitchers, the game location and who you're facing matters and the bullpen matters. Uh, once Lamette's done, the Rockies bullpen's not really any better. Whereas once Schuster's done, the bullpen can take over and has a, has a, a, a ton of healthy arm, a ton of good arms there. Of course, they are now without Jesse Chavez. Uh, Colin McHugh still may not be available after going three innings on Wednesday's doubleheader, but they still have a ton of other good arms in that bullpen. And that's why I think the Braves are the smart pick here. It is laying quite a price. I don't have access to a run line yet, but it is definitely one you might look at. The model says the run line for the Braves should be minus 145. So as long as you're playing better than that, it's a decent run line price, but I'm just going to stick here and pick the Braves at minus 230. It's a B plus grade. It almost gets to an A grade, which according to the model, we minus 228 or better. So it's basically rounding air away from an A grade at this point. The Braves win this, according to the sideline, 72% of the time, and the correct price should be minus 257. So a lot of value here on the Braves. Again, I don't really trust Schuster, but everything else in this game points towards the Braves and the location, the bullpen edge, and the offensive edge. I'm playing the Braves, even though it's a really big price. But if you want to pick on that run line, like I said, minus 145, I would not play higher than that. And given how strong this money line play is, I would hope to be getting something more like minus 130 on the run line, especially because of the home team. You're going to uh, at least get a little bit better of a price on it than on the road team because it's, of course, harder to win by one and a half or more if you're at home. I'm also going to play the over nine and a half model projects 10 and a half. Another game, just like in Boston, I'd be going over 10 as we talked about getting into these summer months. I think we're going to see a lot more high-scoring games. We've already started to see, and these nine and a halves are a little bit less scary when you've got warmer weather, bad pitching, good hitting. 
this should get into the double digits. I like this over nine and a half. And like I said, I'd be playing at least uh, at most over 10. Uh, so you've got a little bit of wiggle room here, given that the current price is nine and a half. 8 10 p.m. Eastern, Angels at the Royals. Talk about Kauffman Stadium being a more hitter-friendly ballpark. And, of course, then a warmer night in Kansas City is going to give it a little bit of an extra boost here. Mid-80s to start, upper 70s to close. And the wind is blowing a little bit in and a little bit across. And so that's going to put a little bit of a damper on this. But make no mistake about it, this is still going to be a very hitter-friendly ballpark and night based off of both the park and the weather. The other thing that's going to help out the hitters is both these pitchers. Neither one of them are great. Both of them still right out above average, but only barely. Patrick Sandoval for the Angels. The underlying metrics line up exactly with his 452 ERA. He's a very league average pitcher or just, again, slightly better. Brady Singer for the Royals, the guy I've talked a lot about. The underlying metrics still paint a better picture. He actually reminds me, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, of Patrick Corbin. Um, Corbin had a couple of really good years. Singer had a couple of good years. And then when things fell apart for Corbin, the underlying metrics always suggested maybe he wasn't quite as bad as that. He just kept having bad luck. And that's kind of what it is for Singer. 658 ERA. The advanced metrics, though, say he's still better than average. It's just being... The, the the more time we go on, he keeps giving up runs and, and just keeps getting worse and worse for him, it seems like. So I think he can be at least decent enough. The issue, of course, he's going up against a really good Angels offense. Uh, neither one of these bullpens is very good. I, again, that park, warmer night, we should see a lot of runs. My pick on this one is the over nine, even with a little bit of a juice. I don't want to go over nine and a half, though, so I want that push protection on nine, even if it's juiced up. Don't want to go too much higher than this. This is about as high as I want to go, but the model projects 9.6. And the way I look at this game is I'm actually not sure who scores in that I think obviously the Angels should score some. But if the Royals put up six runs in that park on a warmer night, uh, I don't think that'd be crazy at home. If the Angels put up nine runs themselves, that wouldn't surprise me either. Do I think both of those happen? Probably not. But I feel like we got a decent chance of one of those happening and getting us to the over because the Angels are going to score something. We just either need the Royals to help them out a little bit or the Angels to kind of go off. And I feel like either one of those is very possible uh, to happen. So I think overnight makes a lot of sense. With regards to the side, model says the Angels should be favored by a price of minus 128. The A-grade price would be minus 116. The current price, minus 151. So we're nowhere near playing the Angels. I'm eyeing the Royals, but I definitely want an A grade at this point back in the Royals. I've mentioned this here earlier in the week that I'm only playing the Royals at an A grade. I am not pulling the trigger at a B grade for them. We're almost there, so we will likely end up on the Royals. We ended up on the Royals at an A grade in the similar situation either earlier this week or end of last week. I can't remember which one. And we almost got the win. I think they lost in extra innings to the Reds. I guess it was earlier this week. Uh, so it'll be the same sort of thing. I'm just going to wait it out. If we don't get a better price, I have no problem not betting on the Royals. If we get a better price, at some point the value proposition is there and it makes for a stronger long-term play. Singer's better than his ERA, so you're going to get some value backing the Royals. It's just I want a really good price because this Royals team is so so bad and not in an A's way bad where the A's are showing life maybe the Royals will show life later in the season but they aren't showing it right now so I'm looking for plus 
142 or better, that's what gets to an A grade right now. It's plus 139. So again, as long as you get good plus odds in the Royals, I'm okay with it. I just want to make sure we get absolute top-notch value before I fire away on a team as bad as the Royals. The same thing happens in college football and college basketball, NFL, every sport. You have to not be afraid to play bad teams when the price is right. The question is, what's a good price? And that's, again, where I use the model to help me figure that out. But when you have these bad teams, I don't mind backing them, but I want to make sure it's at a premium at a really good price because otherwise I feel like we're just throwing money away. Whereas the other teams that are doing well for us that we're winning with, then I lower the threshold. That's when I'm taking teams at a B grade. So that's kind of how I'm using deciding between if I'm playing them at an A or a B. Royals are firmly in the I'm only playing them at an A grade, not quite there yet. If it gets their grade, if it doesn't, whatever, I still think the over makes a lot of sense because I think there's going to be some runs in this one. And this game sets up to be more likely to be six to four than it does four to two. 9.40 p.m. Eastern Rays at the Padres. Again, you already know that I'm thinking there probably won't be a lot of runs in. You've got a very pitcher-friendly ballpark, which, according to my model, adjusts the runs down about 12%. And when blowing in in San Diego on this night at good uh, 7 to 10 miles an hour, adjusting it down another 12%. And as we always talk about May and June, night games in San Diego are just almost always under. They continue to be good for us. You know I'm on the under on this one. I don't really have to say much more about that. And part of the reason, though, we're also on the under is these two pitchers, Shane McClanahan and Yu Darvish. Now, we did talk about Yu Darvish on yesterday's show, thinking he would get the start against Cleveland. He was listed by the books. And so, of course, if you bet that uh, under eight there, uh, as I did, pitcher dependent, once the game finishes up, we'll get that money back because Darvish isn't pitching on Thursday. He's happening to pitch on Friday. McClanahan, interestingly enough, has gone backwards this year, according to the model. The underlying metrics aren't extremely thrilled with his body of work in his 14 outings, but the results have absolutely been there. 218 ERA, so he's gotten results. But the model's looking at it and kind of thinking he's been a little bit lucky in doing so. And, of course, he's benefited by playing in a pitcher from the home ballpark himself. Of course, any pitcher should have success in Petco, it seems like, uh, or whatever they're calling it now. I assume it's Petco. I don't know. Um, and that's the situation we have here. These are two amazing offenses, but given the park and the night, I just cannot see there being a lot of runs. With regards to the side model, says this should be Rays minus 115. I'm playing the Rays at minus 108. That's a B grade. If it gets to minus 104 better, it's an A grade. The model tends to not back Shane McClanahan. So anytime it says there's value for it, I'm all for backing it because it tends to think he's going to do poorly. He hasn't. So let's just see if he can keep it going. Uh, and I'm going to back them again at minus 108, a great price. Again, model says it should be minus 115. And of course, going under seven and a half, as you probably knew, projected total is 6.8. I would be going under seven as well, having that push protection. I like it a little bit less. I'd be looking for better odds, but even under seven, I still think makes sense because you might push under seven and a half getting the win if it lands in seven, which is the most um, likely outcome for this game is just too good to pass up. I think this total is hanging. I think we're maybe starting to figure out the numbers are starting to come down a little bit uh, here for these San Diego games at this time of year. But I, I think that we are still a little bit misled by these offenses. These offenses are fantastic, but they're going up against two good pitchers as well. And so that's going to make it uh, harder. If you have these two offenses against weaker pitching in that park, maybe they still can get some, some runs happening, but these two pitchers in that park it doesn't really matter how good the offenses are the pitching tends 
to beat the hitting. And going back to what I said at the start of the show, I'm not trying to project this individual game. We're just talking about, in general, the probabilities are strong that these conditions, these pitchers can beat even the best hitters in baseball. And that's what I expect to happen here on this night. Playing the Rays at a short price, I think their offense is better. I think McClanahan's a little bit better. And I like their bullpen personally more than the Padres. So I like the Rays at a short price. And I'm also, again, on the under in San Diego. And then wrapping us up here, 10, 10 p.m. Eastern White Sox at the Mariners. Mariners uh, really kind of breaking out of their funk here with the Marlins coming to town, scoring a bunch of runs, and then having some chances on Wednesday night to get it done for us, uh, including uh, multiple robbed home runs from the same guy. Um, maybe they're at least starting to turn it around here. Uh, roof projects to be closed in Seattle. That's a pretty pitcher-friendly ballpark, which is going to ding the runs a ton right there. Uh, Michael Kopech versus Brian Wu. We talked about Wu last time out, and I made the comment. I said that his first outing, the results were terrible, but the underlying metrics actually said it wasn't that bad. And sure enough, he looked really good last start. I wasn't able to pull the trigger on him last time out. I wanted to see another start from him before doing it, especially knowing he was coming straight from double A. And that can sometimes be a really big jump. Turns out as last time though, he did really well against a pretty good Angels offense. He should have an easier time at home against a weaker White Sox offense. And so I'm very comfortable backing Brian Wu. Again, he projects to be a little bit worse that coming from double A, the model's just not going to like him until he gets a good amount of data underneath him. But in his um, almost seven innings, while the ERA is really bad, the underlying metrics are very promising for this kid. The Mariners have a lot of good pitching and they're bringing him up to pitch. They trust him. I trust him too, especially after seeing him perform in that last start against Anaheim. So I'm going to back the Mariners here. They also have a great bullpen to come in behind him, which is what happened in his last start. He didn't make it out of the fifth inning. Not that he necessarily couldn't have, but it's just kind of saying, hey, with a younger guy, why force him to do something he doesn't have to do when we've got a good bullpen? That's a good thing for us backing the Mariners. It may not be a great thing if he's on your fantasy team, but for us backing the Mariners, that's a good thing that they're telling him, hey, go out and do your thing. And when you're done, we got guys behind you. Mariners minus 122 is my pick on this. Model says it should be minus 128. The Mariners won 56% of the time. If it were to get to minus 116, that would be an A grade pick. So we're six cents away. I'd be adding a little bit more if it is at that point. But either way, I think the Mariners are still a good play. I'm playing them as a B grade. And I'm taking the under eight as well. That minus 105 projection is 7.8. I don't think the White Sox can score as many runs as they did on Wednesday against the Dodgers. I think it'll be a little bit of a different story here going to a more pitcher-friendly ballpark. Michael Kopech gets the ball for the White Sox. And the underlying metrics on him, not overly promising, but uh, I think this is more of a lower scoring game. Kopech seems like the type of guy who can get hit around a little bit when he's facing good offenses. This Mariners offense, again, like I've said, I don't think they're going to they're as bad as the numbers have indicated, uh, but they're not great. They're not, you know, the Padres. They're not the Rays. They're not the Rangers. They're not, you know, a fully healthy Astros team. They're, you know, they're not any of those teams. Um, they're still far below them. And Kopech could probably hold his own there against the Mariners. I think this is more of a four to two type game is what I typically would foresee in this game. So I think the under eight makes a lot of sense. Don't want to play under seven and a half. Again, the model projects 7.8. So I'm only going under eight and I'm not playing too big of, of juice on it either minus 105 minus 110 don't really want to go too much higher than that but i do think the mariners and the under are a nice pairing here and as with all of these picks you can also look at the team totals of course mariners and under in this case would say that the uh, team total the like the most would be the white Sox team total under you can make that same inference for all the other games if you want but as it is i'm just personally playing them both that way if one thing goes kind of awry at least we have something else to root for to hopefully break even or close to break even 
for the game. That's all I've got here for you today. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy all the sports betting content provided on this channel. It's dropped right into your feed. Be back again tomorrow with more baseball betting content. And until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.